Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello, this is the COV. It's great to have your company this afternoon. I'm Kyle Rodham with Danny Akuye, of course. And um, well, Danny, it's uh, been a pretty good day overall. I think we finished about half a percent higher. Absolutely. That's what I am looking at, about 0.48% or th- almost 35 points on the ASX 200. What's that? Seven, uh, seven points on the CBO 200 or half a percent. So I reckon we'll take that. Indeed. And uh, up above 7,300 for the uh, benchmark index there. So all's well um, and starting to push into positive territory for the week too, or very close to it anyway. Uh, let's get to some of the sectors that were moving the market today. And energy was the star performer. Uh, some corporate news out, we'll get to that just in a minute, but um, well, some broad-based uh, gains there. And so your beloved coal stocks pushing higher. Indeed. I actually think, didn't the coal price rally yesterday or I would something? imagine so. I mean, yeah. Coronado Global Resources was another that was um, sort of up the top of the market today as well. So um, Whitehaven, you can see their new hope up by 4.4%, um, all quite strong today. But um, curiously, we did see some weakness coming through the miners and it seemed to be uh, just before midday that some of that selling took hold. I mean, no news I could find necessarily, but um, I mean, the narrative there is obviously uh, potential weakness in China. So, I mean, perhaps reflecting a little bit of that. Um, indeed, yeah. indeed. And I think the market is desperately waiting or, you know, this is across the globe. It's not only here in Australia for an update from the Politburo about what they are going to do in terms of really moving their economy along a bit. I know a lot of people say 5% growth is fine, but let's face it, you have export growth slowing, okay? Because we've got slowing, you know, global growth. That's not good for them. The consumer just keeps on really being quite conservative. So yeah, markets are looking towards the end of the next week to see if there is, I think, a package. Uh, indeed, and I think the PBOC might even meet this week as well. Right. Don't quote me on that. I think I think there was a decision on the loan prime rate, so um, we'll have to double check that. But you know, that's the, the monetary side of the things too. Obviously, the uh, the other arm of economic policy that will be important, at least for our miners. Uh, but let's get back to the positives and the financials. Banks. Also doing reasonably well there. And uh, CBA, we were commenting on it a little earlier today. Can I I tell you something quite funny? I meant to tweet it. I haven't had a chance. Mm -hmm. I saw Morgan Stanley have upgraded the share price target from $82, I think, to $82 spot $5. Oh, really? (laughs) And it's just a classic in terms of, unless it was a typo on Refinitiv, we'll find out tomorrow, no doubt, when we check some of the broker updates. But... Always with Commonwealth Bank, the broker price targets are so far below where the share price trades yeah. and it usually never gets there. Yeah, it's um, it's always an interesting one, actually. Um, Pretty digress. quality stock. It's quality stock. And I think a way of just sort of trading the Australian economy, too, because I remember when they uh, reported at the start of the year, 
and everyone was oh, shock and awe. You know, the income's falling, and the net interest margins were, were weaker, or you know, forecasts for everyone knew that already. Yeah, it was really just it, it trades rich. People use it as a bit of a uh, proxy, and then you know, these sorts of news stories bring it back to earth. But um, yeah, more more complex than I think just um, just the business itself, uh, perhaps. But um, that's the areas of the market that were again moving today, which takes us nicely to our three themes of course and we'll be talking about it a little bit more in just a moment's time but the confession session uh that's what we're getting a lot of yep. at the moment from Indeed. companies production reports too out yep. of the miners which are very important yep. china worries i think still is hanging over the market less so today in australia but certainly in the region we're seeing some sluggishness in uh asian equities or, or risk assets i guess you could mm-hmm. say and then uh, well us earnings beats they yeah. set the bar low but they're climbing over they're it, so that very, means very good at setting expectations, yeah. one has to say. I mean, they are the kings at that. But uh, I was interesting. I was listening to James Gorman talking about I the am. Morgan Stanley results. And uh, their capital adequacy ratio is so high there. So he mm. really sold a good story. And the share price was up over 4%, I think, for Morgan Stanley. Bank of America also had good results, yeah. even though they're underwater with their treasury bond holdings. But tomorrow we will get to that. But it's the big T and the big N reporting Wednesday after the close in the US. Oh, you'll so be in your elements. Um, I, I will say, be. James, James Gorman, too, the, the most powerful Australian on Wall Street. Yeah, I guess so. It has to be. Oh, there's there's also a hedge fund manager who's absolutely massive who flies under the radar. Oh, really? Yeah. You've got to know. You've got to know them. You've got to be in the know. They're in the know. Okay, let's uh, the three themes there. We did say that there was a bit of news today in terms of the corporate front. Woodside Energy uh, reporting a 10% fall in second quarter revenue. Um, but the share price was yeah, higher all for discounted, the session. All discounted. It, it was, mm. Yeah, just I feel. Like, okay. Yeah. Move on. Rio Tinto reported a 1% drop in second uh, quarter iron ore shipments. Uh, also, uh, that was uh, exacerbated by a derailment in June, a train derailment in June. Um, Not much iron ore prices remain pressured, although I think the guidance was actually towards the top end of the um, previous range. So nothing surprising there, nothing dire by any means either. And um, in fact, it was a day where most um, uh, miners were down. It was mm-hmm. one of the least bad performers, if you will. And then Northern Star Resources was an interesting one too, because as I understand it, a lot of, a lot of folks were saying that the numbers or, or what was uh, revealed there wasn't necessarily dreadful by mm-hmm. any means, but mm-hmm. we still have seen a fairly big drop in the share price today, down 5%. Well, again, it all goes down to expectations. I guess we'll have to wait and see what the brokers say tomorrow. I do know a lot of the gold miners have been suffering from uh, not only cost imposters, problems there, labour problems, but yeah, and also production. But I'm not, you know, any the wiser on this one. Mm. And Ampol, interesting, because they reported a 54% drop in first half of refining margins at its Lytton refinery in Queensland. And uh, they had a big long outage there, impacting on the price of its products. Products, but again, market uh, was quite relieved with the result, and that was up five percent. Well, almost five percent. Yeah, there you go. And uh, that's how some of these companies did finish the day's trade. But um, well, stock of the day, I suppose it wasn't uh, any uh, newsworthy um, sort of impetus there for this one. But Macquarie Group. Mm. Uh, before we crack on, um, do you like do you like Macquarie? I do. I hold it. There you go. Okay. Well, let's see what <laughs> Carl Capulinga from Think Markets and Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial say about Macquarie Group. However, on an improving outlook, looking out sort of twenty FY twenty twenty four and calendar year twenty twenty four. 
we think there's potential for Macquarie to start to resume um, yeah. some, yeah, a bit of an okay. up, upward swing as some of those um, key business divisions, the outlook improves for them. Again, such as your, your capital markets, your trading business, your asset management business. Yeah. We think there's prospects for those businesses to really start to be net contributors again to Macquarie's earnings um, on a broader scale than they have been in recent years. So okay. we're optimistic on the outlook for Macquarie long term. But so in the you're, short you're term, buying around the 180? Yeah. So in the short so term, we're not expecting a huge amount, but on a more yeah. medium to longer term view, we're happy to to buy Macquarie. Look, I can see sort of uh, more more tailwinds than headwinds on the basis that I think um, equity markets, uh, risk markets are going to be fairly buoyant over the next 12 to 18 months. And nobody knows the future, of course. Um, the valuation is about fair. I mean, literally trading on a PE of 14, which is about the five-year historical average. So nothing to see there. Um, the chart is looking okay. It's looking quite fair. Plenty of support around that 170 to 165 level. As long as it stays above that, I think people who own Macquarie can certainly hold it. As for buying it, look, I'm a momentum buyer. I mean, you can see in the chart there, that's a great chart, actually. We'll leave that chart on screen. You can just see how flat it's been over the last 18 months. Um, so I haven't seen a great deal of reason to be in Macquarie. If it starts to break above 195, I can certainly start to see the momentum coming back in. But until then, I'm happy holding okay. it. Uh, happy holders there, perhaps if, if you're in it and, um, well, I guess Carl's waiting for an opportunity to buy, perhaps yeah. if the momentum shifts. But as Koshi picked him up on, I mean, if you look at the share price, it was a lot low. It was 124 18 mm. months ago and, you know, over 180. So, yeah, yeah. let's just say, maybe a buy on weakness. But yeah. they didn't say that. No. Nor right. did I. <laughs> no, 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 because we don't have a compliance department. If we did, they'd be slapping you on the wrist. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, get to our guest for the next 10 minutes or so. And Will Simes from Macro Capital joins us. Uh, Will, great to have you here. I, I suppose you must just have uh, your eyes glued to all these, well, I guess, production updates as well as, you know, sort of the confession season updates as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it certainly is confession season. Uh, companies trying to get ahead of their results coming out shortly um, and trying to avoid uh, significant sell-offs upon actually releasing uh, their results. Um, and so I think we've certainly seen that out of a number of companies uh, already uh, in the last few days, I guess, really kicking off that earnings season. We obviously had uh, an update from uh, Rio ahead of their report um, on the 26th of July, I think it is. And that was actually, I think, a reasonably positive update um, coming in with iron ore um, production towards the upper end of guidance um, for the calendar year 2023. That said, I think their alumina uh, and copper um, volumes were a little bit lower. They cut the, the guidance there. I think one of the key things that we're going to be seeing as a bit of a thematic uh, this reporting season is uh, profits and revenues actually coming in a little bit lower. Mm -hmm. uh, but as long as it's within that kind of guidance, um, things being relatively okay uh, in terms of downside. Um, and so I think with Rio, uh, their revenues or profits meant to come in about 19% lower um, than the previous corresponding period, but still roughly in line with expectations. Mm, indeed, indeed. What about uh, Woodside? Yeah, I think Woodside's a bit of an interesting one. Their revenue obviously dropped significantly, mm. um, down 29%. I think that's not a whole lot of surprise considering the significant supply cuts um, out of OPEC. 
Um, but I think um, the thing with Woodside uh, is that their overall uh, productions actually uh, kind of increased in line with uh, the BHP spin-off uh, and their kind of overall portfolio uh, expanding. Um, so I think things were actually down on the previous corresponding period, although on a yearly basis, things were up. Um, so I think the outlook for oil at the moment is actually looking a little bit more positive uh, than it has done over the past 12 months or so. Um, there's definitely been a bit of renewed optimism uh, coming back into the oil ply price, uh, particularly as Russia looks to be making good on those um, supply cuts. Those were sort of, I guess, the stories uh, at a grassroots or kind of micro level today, but uh, it all seems to be sort of set up from the open, of course, when we had, uh, well, uh, Wall Street strong lead. A lot of that generated by uh, yeah. strength in US earnings, I guess. So, I mean, what's the ass- assessment there? Because it certainly seems to be supportive of sentiment at the moment. Yeah, look, I think um, the sentiment out of the US has been quite positive, to be honest. Um, I think the the banks tend to be a, a pretty good barometer um, for the overall health of the economy. Uh, Morgan Stanley and Bank of America uh, reported reasonably well, and it's a bit of a positive um, surprise there. I think the, the key tipping point will be uh, the some of the FANG stocks tonight, um, Netflix and Tesla. Obviously, the majority of the year-to-date gains on the US indices have been driven by those top seven or so stocks on the S&P. Um, and so I think if we see a, a negative miss there, we might be in for some significant downside. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, if we see a positive beat, it's possible that the market keeps kicking on. Um, and I think um, we're starting to see a little bit of optimism regarding AI being less of a fad and actually a bit of, um, of, of a positive thing with uh, the Microsoft mm-hmm. um, announcement overnight, uh, as long as this whole AI um, what has been termed a fad can be a cash flow accretive, uh, then I think things should be all right on that front. Mm. It's looking, um, I was reading uh, about uh, Ed Yardeni, who's been really positive on the market and actually correct. And he was just saying he's got some really positive upside targets, um, potentially 20% till the end of full year 24. But he did say he doesn't want it to see this melt up that's happening at the moment because mm. he just sort of feels like if it melts up, then it might melt down again. The risk rise. Do you think it's looking a little bit melty up at the moment? Well, I think the what the top seven stocks on the S&P are up around circa 60% year to date, um, which is obviously a, a huge, huge rally. Uh, I do think we are seeing positive sentiment flow into the other 493 stocks on the S&P. <laughs> Um, which are only up circa 5% or so. Um, But I think generally when you have these market runs, a bit of a healthy consolidation period uh, is necessary to head higher. Um, So I wouldn't be disappointed to see a little bit of a consolidation and pull back at these levels. Interesting. And the day ahead as well, obviously all eyes on on the jobs report. I guess that'll inform a little bit just in terms of what interest rates could do. Might be, um, I guess, a bit of a a mover tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Obviously, the the minutes out yesterday, I think we're largely in line with what was expected, to be honest, still watching uh, the impact on households uh, and the potential need for additional rate rises. Uh, But I do think the employment figures tomorrow will be significant. Uh, If we get a second monthly kind of back-to-back jump, uh, I think it may well reinforce the RBA's need to uh, hike additionally after August. Um, but I think if uh, results come in line with expectations, which is around 15,000 jobs, uh, then it might uh, kind of abate the need for the RBA to continue raising as aggressively. Mm. Indeed. Wow. That was great, Will. Good. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. Will Symes there from Macro Capital. Thanks for your time. Uh, and we just got some news coming across your screen there. Uh, yeah, UK yeah. inflation slides to 7.9% in June, so below expectations down uh, from a month prior. So that's, um, well, we'll have to see the market reaction, but possibly a, a positive sign there. 
for yep. the UK economy and maybe for markets, obviously. Well. Indeed, even core inflation was down from that 31-year high at 7.1% in May to 6.9% in June. So it's just interesting because the UK had been one of the outliers. Yeah. And so I think that's quite interesting because the trend and the trend is your friend, is starting to look across the globe because CPI out of Canada was also lower than expected last night. Yeah, okay. So, so uh, we'll see if it is something that can continue, of course, and you know, next week we'll have our own CPI, quarterly CPI release that, like we were talking about before, with uh, the expectations around RBA, could feed into that as well, uh, along with those job figures tomorrow. But let's get on to the leaders and laggards now. We've already discussed a couple of them, but here you go, Imogene, always volatile, up by... Uh, <laughs> 11% tends to move with the market and well, Thai beta sort of overshoots. Uh, Brainship as well. I didn't see anything on Brainship. That is a big move even for Brainship, mm, but yeah, um, no, I don't know. Um, someone said AI somewhere on a trading floor somewhere and they bought it. Um, Coronado Global Resources, that's another cult name that uh, we were talking about before. Again, uh, part of that sort of beloved portion of, of Danny's portfolio. Um, and Ampol <laughs> and <laughs> Danny doesn't like coal. She's not biting. She doesn't like coal. Shush. Um, sorry. Uh, Laggards now, let's see what's on there. And uh, Northern Star, we've, we've spoken about the news again. Uh, maybe a high bar disappointment from investors there, despite uh, a mixed bag of um, numbers there when it comes to its production update. Um, uh, Lend-lease and Ansel, still interesting. Yeah. I, um, there's a few brokers that have downgraded the price target for Ansel, yeah. which is really no surprise after that update there. That poor CEO, new CEO, he just uh, is, you know, having to literally clean out the cobwebs out of that company at the moment. Lend-lease too, um, still being sold down after they're laying off 10% of their workforce. And uh, Medibank Private off 2.5%. What do you reckon for Ansel, the CEO, the, the, the gloves are off now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst. Um, small clap leaders and laggards. Now, um, we'll quickly peruse them. Uh, anything that jumped out. Drone Shield actually up by another 20%. Wow. So, uh, that was out with an update a couple of days ago. They had that contract. They got the US That's contract. Right. Yeah, so there you yeah. go. It's um, and it, Reece, one of I those companies that sort of moved contract to contract. But uh, when it gets them, it moves indeed, and it's up 20% still. Um, no, nothing on no, Reese. No, nothing on Reese. Just was having a quick check to see. Oh, that's Reese Pharmaceutical. Wrong company. Good one, Danny. Okay. No, I don't know. Um, let's get to the laggards in the small cap space now. Um, again, nothing out there that sort of. Uh, oh, your favourite Rumble Reds. Rumble Reds, that was up there. It's a far more, uh, a little less volatile than it used to be, perhaps. <laughs> um, those 2,000% moves, uh, yeah, not, um, not haven't happened recently. Okay, uh, let's get on to what's happening overnight because we spoke about that UK CPI data, which did drop yep. all of 20 minutes ago. So yep. that's cross that off the list. That's yep. a risk that uh, is no longer on the table. Uh, but US housing, housing starts, also US mm-hmm. uh, building data mm-hmm. um, out tonight as well. Yep. Important because there's actually a lot of resilience in the US housing market at the moment. Um, yeah, which is it's, 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 it's an interesting one because people aren't selling their houses because they don't want to mm. refinance their mortgages. Um, the builders, there is a, a big shortage of new stock and a lot of those builders like Lennar and everyone are actually offering discounted uh, mortgage rates to move stock. So it's a bit of a, it's, yeah, like Australia, there are shortages. Uh, those housing stocks are well at 12 months, if not all-time highs, um, which is interesting. So it will be interesting to see what's going on there. Yeah, definitely. A bit of second-tier data, but nevertheless, it all sort of feeds into one another. Let's get to this chart that I've brought up all week. Earnings whispers. Pushing up as well. ASML. Woohoo. Goldman Sachs as well. Um, yep. before the Before the open and, uh, well, we'll wake up tomorrow morning or 
basically wake up tomorrow morning to the Tesla and Netflix news. So it uh, could be fascinating. You're, uh, you're, you're a pretty big well, fan of Tesla, uh, also a follower of Tesla. Anything we should be expecting in particular? Anything interesting? I think it'll be margins. Just continue to be margins. Right. Everyone will be focusing on that with their price discounting. They obviously had good uh, last quarterly sales numbers, but it'll all be in the margins with them. Yeah, actually, I heard an interesting clip from Charlie Munger talking about why he likes BYD so much. Yep. Uh, and, you know, they've been able to increase their prices um, while, you know, Tesla's sort of cutting there. So he's sort of talking about the, the virtues of one sure. over the Recently. other. Recently. I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, I think that Take might it. be a bit old, but I could be wrong. Could be wrong. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's uh, made a fortune out of that. BYD? Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a funny guy. He's a clever guy, obviously. Um, day ahead tomorrow, last but not least, we did speak about those jobs numbers out of Australia. Uh, a little bit of data, actually. Um, those production reports, BHP, Evolution, Santos, also earnings Ooh, from Zip and, and Tilix. Tilix Pharmaceuticals. Peter Gray, COO, who's very uh, kind to the show, always uh, tends to make time for us. We'll be on tomorrow morning. Well, that is exciting. It will be. So we'll get uh, straight from the horse's mouth there what's going on with Zip. And Tilix is another stock often beloved by, well, those with slightly higher risk appetite, but certainly the retail crowd. So um, also watching that. But, um, well, plenty to look forward to. In the meantime, oh, of cool. course. Uh, recap on the market. We'll get a recap yeah, on the market. Yeah, let's just have a quick look. So ASX 200 up almost 40 points, 7,323. So that's uh, 0.55%. And uh, just note, the Aussie dollar's actually taken a bit of a tumble uh, today, but you can do the CBI 200 while I grab the Aussie. No, it's, uh, well, therefore to see uh, up 0.52%. And I suppose if the Aussie dollar has taken something of a yeah, tumble, Yeah, it's I almost, mean, yeah, almost off. I'd have to wait to that kind of half a percent. about China story. Yeah, so um, it's under 68, 67, spot 82. Interesting too, because we didn't bring it up before. Uh, New Zealand CPI data was a little stronger than expected this morning. And um, the Aussie always rallies in sympathy with the Kiwi. Um, that was only very short-lived, and as you said, Aussie down by about half a percent today. Uh, mm. Again, um, screams of China, that kind of price action. But let's wrap things up there, shall we? Remember, you can catch up on all the news and interviews on our website and app. In the meantime, have a wonderful evening and we will see you tomorrow morning. Bye.